Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Show on a Tuesday. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Keep the text coming. 704-570-9610. Hit those socials. Hit that follow button. Check out the behind-the-scenes content. Our question of the day. You get it all there on the WFNZ Twitter and Instagram. On the Wes and Walker page on Twitter. At Wes Bryant underscore 72. At Walker Mail and at HTB underscore Josh on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that follow button. We appreciate all the followers that we do have now, and it is time to go to the campus. Kona, let's get right down to business. Want to start this thing off giving a shout-out. I know I've seen some of the texts that you guys have been sending, but also wanted to give some love to Western Carolina. They've won five straight games, eight consecutive victories against NCAA football championship subdivision opponents dating back to last season. West Carolina broke into Western Carolina broke into the top 10 in one poll on Monday while advancing inside the top 15 in the other national tabulation following Saturday's big win over number 20 slash 24 Chattanooga. Western Carolina moved to number nine in the Stats Perform FCS Top 25 media poll, up two spots from the number 11 ranking that they had previously. And then they climbed from number 17 to number 14 in the AFCA coaches polling. West Carolina's current number nine ranking in the Stats Perform FCS media poll. Good Lord, I sound like a NASCAR driver giving a sponsor to his car. Represents his best national ranking since 1993 when the Catamounts beat or when they tipped the scales at a program division one best eighth in an early September ranking. So shout out to Western Carolina, man. They play some good football in uh, old color week. There you go. There you go, Rev Kev. Rev Kev is happy. He's been asking us to talk about Western Carolina for a little while. Yes, on a five-game winning streak now. They have Furman. They have Mercer up next at Wofford. So we'll see if the Catamounts can keep it going. But really, that was just for Rev Kev and maybe even a little bit of smoke since he's a Western fan. Yeah, man. We try to show love to the local teams, and they're doing work, man. And I do enjoy FCS football, so I want to see them go as far as they can go. So then... When it gets really, really cold, I can be under a blanket when they're playing a playoff game in some place where it's like negative 10, and I get to watch guys just gut it out in the elements. That's what I love about those Division Three, Division Two, and those FCS playoff games, man. They play some cold weather, snow games, and I love games in the elements. Is playing in that kind of game harder than hitting a baseball? <laughs> Listen, man, I watched one game. I think it was a Division Two playoff game. They were playing in Minnesota in an open-air stadium. It was, like, legit. I'm not being hyperbolic. It was about negative 10 uh, during the game, and I just felt for those guys. Man. Wait, what, so Kevin Donnelly told me this one time, former uh-huh. Panthers offensive lineman. He said one thing that helps you out 
as an offensive lineman, especially when you try to do the tough guy, no right, sleeves thing. Right. They put Vaseline mm-hmm. all on their mm-hmm. arms and stuff, and apparently that breaks the wind for listen, you a little bit. That was a weird way to phrase listen, it, but you get the idea. I don't care what you put on your body. Negative 10, you're going to be cold as hell. Everything hurts. You hit your finger on somebody's helmet. Somebody Not like a hillbilly, but a chillbilly. Mm, very chillbilly. Yeah, somebody steps on your foot, all of that, it's mm. excruciating. What's the coldest game you played in? Uh, yeah, I didn't play anything close to that. It might have been like in the 40s, maybe, uh, something like that. I, the, the later in the season that it got, the games would get colder. But I didn't play any anything colder than probably about 40-something. I like D2 kicker riding in. Kicking and punting is that hard in 12 oh, degrees yeah. as well. The ball's like out. a brick. Yep, it, it's that's exactly what he wrote in. It's, kicking, <laughs> it's like kicking a brick. You and D2 kicker on the same wavelength. And he also <laughs> wants us to give a shout-out to Lenore Ryan, undefeated as well. That's Crib. Go Lenore Ryan, baby. Right. Barnes is on the monitor. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, you have Perry Fuel, also hailing, I think, from Lenore Ryan. And last but not least, Kyle Duggar, safety for New England. Lenore Ryan, they got people out here, man. Okay. Shout out to the Bears. All right. Well, listen, in the latest edition of As the Colorado Buffaloes Turn, Travis Hunter has returned to practice during a video posted by Reach the People Media. Travis Hunter was seen in some highlights of Monday's practice, giving up a long touchdown to Amarion Miller, but then later he picked off a pass intended for Miller on another deep pass. So far this season, he's caught 16 passes for 213 yards. He's also got nine tackles and interception and two pass breakups on defense. So good to see one of college football's biggest stars hopefully returning uh, this week for their game. But Wanted to talk quickly about the victory that they had over Arizona State. Sophomore kicker Alejandro Alejandro Mata was named the Pac-12 Special Teams Player of the Week. He went two for two on field goals, including the game-winning 43-yarder with 12 seconds to play in Saturday's 27-24 win over Arizona State. He was also three for three on extra points and also one for one for getting his coach to ask him to dance. Dion told him to do his dance after he made that kick, and he did his dance. So they got another big win and that much closer to bowl eligibility in Boulder. They sure did. If you look at what they (laughs) – no, I guess my question is, how much faith do you have in Colorado keeping that kind of momentum up? Uh, I definitely think that they will, man. I think that Shador and the crew, he threw for 239 and a touchdown. He orchestrated his third, fourth quarter comeback of the season. So, yeah, they're going to have some tough times against the teams that are ranked. We've seen that. They came back to battle back against USC, even though they came out on the losing side of that. But, yeah, I think they are locked to make a bowl game. And once they do make it, they're going to be plenty of bowl games clamoring for Colorado because of the ratings, the attention, everything that that's going to bring with Dion and company. So here we are talking about Colorado being a lock to make a bowl game. Should we expect North Carolina, Florida State to do something even further than just getting to a bowl game? If we look at the AP poll where they rank a couple of the ACC teams, what do you expect from some of these programs? Well, the thing is, too, when you look at CBS Sports, they put out their power poll for the week. And I know that the AP has Florida State at five, but CBS Sports' power poll had Florida State number two. Uh, and all the college football behind Georgia. And I think that's an interesting place for them to be because do you put them ahead of the likes of the Ohio States and the Michigans and things like that. And we talked about 
the ACC, and uh, it's definitely better this year. But when you look at FSU, I just feel weird about the fact that I'm still kind of sitting on the outside looking in at five. It'll be interesting once the college football playoff poll comes out. They're four now, right? Am I wrong on that? I'm looking at rankings, and and at least the AP Top 25 has Florida State at four, Oklahoma at five at six and nine. Okay, well, then my my apologies on that. I thought that they were still holding it down at five uh, the last time I looked. So they are sitting there at four, but still kind of in that tricky position. Obviously, they have to keep winning. And you know how they do ACC teams, especially when you talk about Big Ten, SEC schools, when they have a little bit stronger strength of schedule, they'll kind of ice out an ACC team. But I think that Florida State is a team that, uh, you know, now that they're sitting there at four, I think they're in a really good position. But they've got to keep winning out, and they've got some tough games down the stretch. Got Duke coming up uh, in a couple of weeks, a game that Riley Leonard could be back for. Yeah, the Riley Leonard, whether he comes back or not, storyline is big. And and even if he comes back, how effective is he going to be, especially with the rushing attack being such a big part of his game? That's what I'm interested in, Wes, because this is going to answer a lot of questions about him and if he can just sit in the pocket and pick you apart if his ankle doesn't allow him to escape on the outside, pick up those tough first first downs with his legs. We This was the crazy part. I think Riley Leonard, he was playing like one of the best quarterbacks in all the ACC, but we mentioned it a couple times. The stats weren't crazy. The, mm-hmm. the passing yards weren't there. It's because they were their rushing attack was really uh, rushing attack was really strong. And if he comes back, you have the game for Syracuse this weekend for Florida State, and then you have Duke there October 21st. Is that enough time for him to be fully healthy? And that's going to be a real question. Fiddy, you got something to say on Riley? Uh, Mike Elko said yesterday he's day-to-day. Well, I know that. Yeah, but I'm not buying that. I think that's gamesmanship with NC State. I I, I think no way after two weeks off off a high ankle sprain he's going to be ready to come back. Coaches lie to the media? (laughs) because do. Because the the head coach in Charlotte hasn't learned that it's okay to lie to the media. We'll talk about that a little bit later. I feel like there's a little bit of hypocrisy from you over there, Fiddy, but Whoa. we'll get to it. My first day back when you called me a hypocrite? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. I, I do want to explore that. But, no, you, you are right. Mike Elko is telling you that Riley Leonard is game to game, day to day. So Bryce Young missed a week with a high ankle sprain. A little bit different here, I would expect. I don't know if there's a reset. You want Riley Leonard back right now, even if he's 50%. So maybe the thing is Riley Leonard misses this game but then is back and ready to go against Florida State, that'd be a big deal, but it should be a fun matchup. And the interesting part of it, when you look at the strength of schedule rankings right now, Florida State currently sitting there at sixth. And so to have them number two in this power poll to think, do you think they're the second best team in college football? Because I don't, I'm not ready to put them there yet because these last few weeks have just been lackluster. When you look at the fact that Virginia Tech was able to cut the lead to five points, and yeah, I know Florida State ended up becoming Florida State late in that game. But they kind of played around with Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech had some chances uh, at points in that game. Boston College, they had to get through that game on the skin of their teeth. Uh, so this is a Florida State team where I feel like style points are going to be huge for them. Only winning by seven at Clemson in overtime, granted, in Death Valley. But this is a team that I feel like is going to need the style points going down the stretch because we know how the perception is with the ACC. I still think Georgia is a team that is deserving of being a top two team. Yeah, a little bit of a scare, I guess, against South Carolina early on. A little bit of a scare. Well, they showed everybody what time yeah. it was on Saturday yeah. when they stomped the mud hole in Kentucky. That's what I'm saying. So you put up 51. You don't allow Kentucky to score any more than 13. I don't have any problem with Georgia being a top two team. 
And Michigan, I know it's not a crazy schedule for them, but they're stomping everybody right know, now. But they haven't played I, You're right. I'm so but, tired of that mess. No, I, I got you. I, I hear you. <laughs> you're not wrong. But also, what are you supposed to do with the opponents that you have in front? Sure. You're supposed to beat them 52 to 10. Yeah, because you're that's 39th to, in strength of schedule. I got you. But you're supposed to win 45 to 7. Sure. You're supposed to win 31 to 7. There has not been a team that has scored more than seven points yet. I mean, you can sometimes just even get lucky and fall into 10 points, but it's been a one-possession score for every single team they face so far. I'm still going to give them credit. You're right about the strength of schedule, but, man, when you dominate like that, I got to give you love as a top-two team. Well, also in this same power poll, when you go a little bit further down the list, they've got Louisville and North Carolina 11th and 12th in this power poll. So they are showing the ACC a lot of respect over there at CBS Sports. And so when you look at these two teams, if I asked you today to a man, which one of these two do you think is going to make it to Charlotte to play perhaps Florida State, which one would you go with today? I'm glad you're asking me this because I'm going to go with North Carolina. And the reason I go with North Carolina, I get a little nervous when everybody's first reason for a team reaching a milestone is their schedule. How about we just talk about how good of a team they are first? But that's not what I hear when everybody talks about Louisville. Everybody wants to mention, hey, look at their strength of schedule. It lines up very nicely for them. But we've discussed it as well. Look at North Carolina's schedule. You got Miami this weekend. They're ranked number 25. They're barely hanging on after the Mario Cristobal blunder, not kneeling that football against Georgia Tech. But, man, then you got Virginia, Georgia Tech, Campbell, Duke, Clemson, NC State. A little tough, tough three-game stretch to end. But when you look at Louisville, they still have Duke. I expect Riley Leonard to be back. If we're expecting Riley Leonard to be back for Florida State, then I expect him to be back October 28th when they go against it. There's Miami and Kentucky, the last two games of the season. If you're going to mention Louisville's schedule as a reason for them to reach Charlotte, I feel like you have to mention North Carolina's schedule as a reason for them to reach Charlotte. And if we're asking who has the more talented team, I got all the love for the Cardinals in the world. They beat Notre Dame. Monster victory, and they looked great. I'm going to go with Drake May, though. If, if I'm wrong on that, that's fine. I'll, I'll lose putting my chips on Drake May. I might do that. But that's what I'm going to put my chips on is the best QB in the ACC. You always do, so I'm not surprised at all. Uh, when and you, you look always at, don't. <laughs> when you look at the strength of schedule, uh, Carolina sitting there right now at 21st, Louisville at 37th. If you look at just ACC games, I would have to go – I hate doing this, man, because I do – Carolina After did. What you just said Carolina, to me. No, I'm saying Carolina did make me come around with the way that their defense is playing, man. And Fiddy and I talked about this as well, and he was just saying he didn't know exactly how great Carolina is as of yet because of who they've played. And so you feel like at some point the bottom's going to fall out on Carolina, but they are starting to make me come around. But when you look at ACC games, Louisville, as you went through that schedule, though, Pitt, Virginia Tech, Virginia. And then Miami, who knows how Miami's going to be looking at the end of the year. I feel like that's a better slate of games than Carolina having to play Miami. Georgia Tech, we know that Carolina's going to be on that get-back mode against them. One and two Georgia under Matt Brown. Yeah, Georgia Tech's a feisty squad. Then you got that gauntlet of Duke, Clemson, and State to end the year. That's a much harder slate than Louisville. So, I would go I mean, with the Cardinals at this point. You also have Campbell for and, North Carolina. And, Louisville don't have a Campbell. And Louisville's proven it to me a little bit because, yeah, I know Sam's going to Sam, but they've got <laughs> the best win of the two teams to this point, beating a number 10-ranked no Notre Dame. No doubt. But, look, if, if you want to accuse me of always picking North Carolina and then you go and pick Louisville, like, it's, it's the same. And I got gotcha. you. With North Carolina and Louisville, if you look at their schedule – 
to me, the hardest games left for Louisville, it's got to be Duke, Miami, and Kentucky. The hardest games left for North Carolina. But Kentucky doesn't affect them coming to Charlotte. No, and I get that. But that's the hardest as far as the opponents that they have. So if you even want to drop Kentucky, it's Duke and Miami. Those are the toughest games left. Uh If you look at North Carolina, they have Miami, they have Duke, and then they have the the on-the-road game against Clemson. So one more game. State. Okay. I mean, NC State. Okay, well, State beat them the last two years. Oh, yeah, they did. If we want to go back to this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying the schedule for me, you have that three-game slate with North Carolina playing Virginia, Georgia Tech, and Campbell. And here we are talking about a different North Carolina team, right? It's what allowed you to maybe hop on them with a defense that doesn't look like they're playing like they were last year. It's just we always go to schedule for Louisville. Are we not going with talent? Like, that's the number one well, reason. Well, Louisville's really talented. I know, but nobody wants to mention that first. How come we always go to schedule? That's what I get well, a little Well, I worried. guess with me, I'm I'm assuming it. I'm assuming the sale as far as Louisville's talent. Louisville's super explosive. As I've mentioned before on this show, Thrash and Jawar Jordan and Plummer, and then defensively, they get after your keister. <laughs> Last thing, I know we got to go to break. Louisville is a, reminding me a little bit of Wake Forest in 2021 where you talk about them having a couple close games. They don't have the big victory like Louisville did against Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. But speaking of the bottom falling out, they would lose three of their last five in the regular season. Does that happen with Louisville at the end? That's my question. You know, Because you do have Duke, Miami, Kentucky as three of the last five. I understand about the ACC You know, going to Charlotte. Kentucky doesn't affect them, but that's still a ranked opponent that you're facing as well. I wonder if that happens if, just like Wake Forest, they lose three of their last five games that they play. All right. Well, we'll see. Debate away on that text line. This is a great debate. Louisville or Carolina right now. Who do you think will come to Charlotte out of those two today? 